welcome to Fifth Draw Wild, everybody. I'm your host, Matt, and before we dive into the second half of our Matrix conversation, we just had a couple things. First, we're having a bunch of new voices on the podcast, and I'm really excited for you all to hear them. If you know someone that might be a good fit for this show, let us know, and we'll see if we can get them on. Second, with as crazy as things are out in the world these days, we want to make sure that all the podcasts in the Fifth Draw family are safe and inclusive places for everyone. Regardless of your gender, sexuality, race, or creed, you have a place here. So whomever you are, wherever you are, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Enjoy the show. Previously on Fifth Draw Wild. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. And we're back once again with Corbin for the second half of our uh, Matrix conversation. Corbin, welcome back. Thanks for having me back here again. Awesome. Uh, I'm so glad you came back. This was this has been a lot of fun. Um, so last time we covered the first Matrix movie, uh, covered it extensively, but not nearly extensively as it could have been, uh, I think, if we're honest. Um, we probably could have gone for a long time on that one alone. That's the, that's the one that everyone like has like a very warm place in their heart for. Yes, and, and partially that's because it was so groundbreaking for its time. Um, then we talked real briefly about the Animatrix, which is a real nice like world-building kind of sidestep diversion. So today, we're going to pick up with the second Matrix movie, Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, Matrix Reloaded was after the first Matrix had happened. Uh, the studio exec- execs went to the Wachowskis and said... Hey, uh, we like The Matrix so much, we want you to do a sequel. And where they had left off with The Matrix, with Neo becoming essentially Superman, they put themselves into a bit of a corner, as we'll go on into later. But it's it's a very... Where Matrix was very much a sci-fi movie, this is sort of like a let's build the world and sort of like be a little bit like a superhero movie. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a different tone. In, in what they're trying to go for, which on one hand, like they couldn't just reproduce the Matrix. That that wasn't going to happen. Um, and on the other hand, it's just like, oh, we're, we're starting to see a weird direction that you're heading in that's a little heavy-handed this time. The plot points that come up, like all the characters are essentially the same, except they've added a few a few a few new ones as well as we get to see zion which in the previous movie they only talked about yeah it's it's amazing like partially because it is so other to what a human city should be like it's it's really more of just like a space habitat almost yeah it's it's kind of like a little bit like the they all have like airlock seals and stuff like that. It definitely feels like it's not supposed to have been used for housing. Yeah, or or temporary housing, not literally all that's left of human civilization. I've, I think it open it opens up with the all the captains, and before this, we only knew of one or two captains ever existing. We we knew of Morpheus. We knew of if you watch the Animatrix the Osiris, but then there are like 12 other ships who they, all the captains get together and meet, meet in one location to discuss what we had mentioned earlier in the past podcast, uh, the last message of the Osiris. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's that, it's that data of the machines drilling and just how terrifying that is. At this point, we also find out that the Oracle, after having said that Neo wasn't the one, has gone missing and hasn't contacted anyone, and that Zion has essentially recalled everyone from the Matrix to come back to figure out what they're going to do in order to mount a counterattack. And and Morpheus critically says, uh, we can't do it, or we would, but we'd like someone to stay here and wait for word from the Oracle. And so one ship captain volunteers just kind of out of like a, <laughs> I want to see how bad this goes for you kind of deal. Which is a great line. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till they put you in the stockades. <laughs> and so the, the meeting starts to break up because, you know, like the meeting starts breaking up and Neo basically gets like a spider sense and goes to goes to the front door where someone has just dropped off a package for him. And it's like an agent earpiece. Yeah, because he has unplugged me. Much like he has unplugged many 
people inside the Matrix. He saved me. And then Neil, like, looks at it, and he just looks at the door and just goes, run, agents are coming. <laughs> yeah, and, and and this sets up what is a bit wrong with ne- having Neo as the hero still, but it still makes it a really good movie, is that Neo has all these superpowers, where he's super fast, super strong. He has defeated agents, and they're just like, oh, we need to send more upgraded versions, and so now... Neo it's a great line. Like he, one almost hits him, he just goes, "Huh, upgrades." But they're still not that good against him. No, he just drops them and then flies away like Superman. And then, and, and and then there's that little stinger with Smith. Yeah, no longer Agent Smith, just Smith. And he just starts. Does does he go ahead and corrupt one of the agents now? No, he talks to one of himself. Oh yeah, he's already got multiples, right? It's the same as before, but not exactly. And there are two of them. Yeah, and they both adjust their tie. So then we cut to the real world. And in the real world, we meet a, we meet a couple of char- handful of characters that are going to be important. One who's not going to be important at all till Revolution, which is the kid. And then there is Locke, who is the commanding officer of Zion. Of their defense program, essentially. Yeah, and uh, critically, Morpheus's competition for Niobe. Niobe, one of the other captains of the Matrix hovercrafts, and Locke is one of my kind of like I I understand like I understand that type of character. He's always like he he isn't about blind faith. He is about results. He is the antithesis of Morpheus, and he's also kind of got that like old eighties chief of police vibe that's like you're a loose cannon morpheus i'm gonna take your badge (laughs) yeah he's always one day from retirement uh this guy he is a good character he really is and his arc is his arc is kind of portrayed as the skeptics arc like in the face of the supernatural this guy is the skeptic it it makes sense for him because he is he is a real world um, human. He is a human that was born in the real world. He wasn't born within the Matrix, so he can't actually go inside. And so he doesn't see the stuff that Morpheus sees with Neo. He only sees the stuff that happens in the real world. Yeah, and so far, Neo doesn't have any powers in the real world. <laughs> keep that Keep that in your hat. Keep that under yeah. your hat. Because let me tell you a real true story. Eventually, this movie gets bananas. Oh, God. So bananas. So basically, Morpheus gets dragged in front of this council and asked why he asked for one ship to stay behind. And he does his normal, like, Morpheus true believer thing, playing on their belief in Neo. Well, not playing on, because it's, for him, it's legitimately true. And basically says, like, hey, it's real cool, and you guys are definitely, like, Yeah, I get it. Let's defend Zion. Having my ship here is not going to help you because we're tiny. So can we go? (laughs) Yeah. And also, he's the one and he's really only useful in the Matrix right now. And the Oracle will tell us what we should do. Yeah, which, again, that belief, that's one of the things that changes in this movie, is that Morpheus' belief starts to become a liability. Oh, definitely. He 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 is risking everything on what a rational person would say superstition. Yeah, it's it is now it is now blind blind devotion rather than true faith or true belief. Yeah, he's he's clinging to to what has worked in the past and to his credit what produced a superhero god. Yeah, he he has been validated in his beliefs with Neo, just being able to see what Neo can do. But still, not everyone can see what Neo does in the Matrix, and it's kind of weird how like there seems to be two different military components to the Zion. There's the defense part, and then there's the Matrix part. There's really no in between there, and it doesn't really mix either. Yeah. Um... But I think I think one of the really telling telling parts of this is this like Church of the One that sprung up in Zion. Everyone is coming to him and just like, "Hey, my my son is on this ship. Please watch over him." Yeah, and Neo, Neo, it's okay. It's just this great line. Neo and Trinity are 
going back to their room, the door opens, and there's just this line of supplicants. And Trinity turns to go to their room to leave Neo to deal with it, and she just says, hey, they need you. And you see kind of the power that's going to get tapped into later on, where Neo just looks at her and goes, but I need you. And and we didn't mention it before, but Neo's been having these dreams where he can't, he has been seen trinity die and he feels that it's it might be true and he wants to spend as much time as he can with her yeah and he's also kind of got this fear that if she is not with him it's going to happen because he's always flying to go save her it's kind of weird it is definitely the superman like lois lane dynamic if lois lane were uh, a badass with a shotgun or uh, uzis (laughs) Which is, which is where a lot of this movie is going to start really going downhill on the Trinity character. Because she goes from a super powerful character to... I don't want to say not because she's still powerful, but it's, a, it's such a weird shift where she goes from... Where she goes from, like, independent and strong and powerful to devoted and kind of like his conscience and more of his spiritual power comes from her in a weird way. But but at the same time, like that that's also a problem with the power creep that is happening here. The Neo has basically stepped up the game, as it were. He has become like the nuclear weapon, and everyone else needs to have a nuclear weapon. So the agents have gotten more powerful. There are other threats, and the only sense of like what like sense of like suspense and and like who could die is with Trinity and Morpheus. And even going into it, I don't think there was ever a moment that where I was like, oh, Morpheus is in danger. Like, I never felt that. No, but you did have those scenes where, like, they actually, they have to fight an agent, and they don't have Neo's powers. They have to, they have to rely on their own ability. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that, we'll get to some of that later, like, when the freeway happens. That's a... That's a big deal. But it's like Trinity doesn't just doesn't get enough time to do what she actually is good at. Yeah, especially not in the third movie that we'll we'll disappointingly get to. So they have a gigantic orgy in a cave. Um, yeah, we could just skip through that. <laughs> yeah, it's look. Morpheus says some real cool stuff, and then a bunch of rave music happens, and sweaty people dance in a cave that's probably unbearable. So eventually, Morpheus gets his permission to go back into the Matrix. There, there is a cool scene with Neo and one of the counselors, but not important in terms of talking about it, really. Yeah, there. Uh, the reason though that they're able to leave Zion is because the ship that was in the Matrix got contact with the oracle and they were able to get the message in and something else which is uh we got some pet cemetery going on here one of them came back wrong just wrong it's it's actually okay it's it's not suspenseful like we know what happened oh it's yeah utterly unbelievable but we know what happened um smith can jump into doesn't jump into things anymore he replicates himself he took over the mind of a human and left the Matrix. And the actor who they got for that guy, who the I, I don't know his name, but the character is Bane. The actor they hired was basically hired because he looks like Hugo Weaving. And he does a good job at being creepy. He really does. He almost gets to kill Neo in the real world where he has no power, but is stopped short. Yeah, by Kid. Which is, there's there's something there, but... Whatever, they don't get into it, so we're not going to. Yeah, look, if there's any theories at all, it's that I believe Kid is a superhero. Whatever. Definitely. He he has the power. Yes. He freed himself. That says a lot. So they get back into the Matrix, and it's not really as as obvious this time as it will be later on, but things are starting to change in the Matrix. You know, in the first movie, it was really, you know, densely a densely populated city. And this time it's not nearly as dense with the population. It's a small detail, but things are changing and not sure if it's good or not yet. They go to visit the Oracle. And they meet Seraph. Love Seraph. Oh god, such a good character. He is he is like the gatekeeper of like he's like, I, I, I will show you the the door, but first I must apologize. Yeah. I have to test you. Uh punchy times. 
and and Neo fights him, and it's a short action scene, but it's it's a really powerful one. It's in a tea sh- tea like shop area where they're standing on like uh, table long tables where people would drink tea, and they're fighting on top of it, kicking things a- around. And then Seraph just stops it. Yeah, he's like, "Yep, you're you're good." And they introduce one of the coolest things that come out of that comes out of this movie. The back doors. The back doors are awesome. Imagine, if you will, that the world is what it is, but in order to, behind everything is sort of like a back end, a hallway, as it were, like a backstage, where if you open a door the right way, you end up in a room just filled with, with doors that goes on for eternity that can take you anywhere, and it's a shortcut. And... They walk through there, and you see, uh, you see their operator freak out because Neo's digital signature just went off the map, which should be impossible. It it is awesome. Like this, they they say that these backdoors are for programmers, and I'm just sitting there. I'm going like programmers. There, what? Why would there be programmers? There'd be programs because it's a machine. But yeah, the implications there are troubling. So they they step through there, step through another door. And they're in a park, like a city, inner city playground park thing. And there's a woman sitting on a bench. And it's the Oracle. This is her last scene, and it it was a true tragedy what ended up happening. The the actress passed away after this. It was very sad. And they they did well, I think, with with how they handled it. Um, So they sit down, and Neo's just basically like, what on earth, lady? She's she's and 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 she the way that they write the oracle is she's very quippy in her prophetic ability. She's just like sit uh sit down and he's and he's like I think I prefer to stand and she's like I know you're going to sit down. <laughs> she she offers him a candy and he says, "Do you know if I'm going to eat that candy?" She says, "Well, of course, I wouldn't be an oracle if I didn't." He's like, "But how can he make a decision if if she knows and she's like because you're not here to to make a decision you're here to find out why you made the decision yeah the decision's already been made you're just here to find out why which is like we said last time huge we'll get to it in other characters but just the amount of like there are different philosophies on like do we have control over our own actions and what like dictates what happens and this this movie goes through the gambit of them. We can't describe all of them. It is just impossible. You'd need like a million books to figure <laughs> to to even talk about it. So they talk and they they start trying to you know Neo starts asking the questions, figuring out the whys, and and she points them to the Merovingian, right? Yeah, and and Neo finds out that sh- she's not a, a human like sh- like he is. She is a program by the Matrix, and that this Merovingian guy is essentially another program and that when programs go rogue, like if like the wind decides that it's no longer going to be a a wind program, it's going to be like have a physical representation. That's kind of like what a ghost would be or something of the sort. And so programs who uh, go rogue are given an option. They are given the option of either being sent back to be killed and, then turned into a new program or they can go back into the matrix and basically say like we're not gonna bother the humans but we want to live out our life and actually be people as opposed to being part of the machine yeah and there's there's an implication there that smith has basically forced his way into a third option it's it's it is a definite third option i think he would still be classified in the exile category but he's definitely not trying to behave it's 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 what he says later on that like something got overwritten or changed and a little part of you came on to me he is oh i forgot that he's definitely different which we'll get to yeah it's the way neo killed him that first time did something weird to the code um but not something that was unpredicted so as they get pointed to the merovingian and they go to meet him at his hotel and he he has someone called the keymaker who is part of the prophecy of the one he will show the 
the one, the door that he is supposed to go through. Yeah, and so they have to go find the Keymaker. Merovingian has the Keymaker, so they go to negotiate with the Merovingian. So she gives them this information, and then Seraph steps in and says, like, we gotta go, lady. And out of the park, after, right after they leave, comes Smith. And not just Smith, but Smith, and Smith, and Smith. And they start fighting, and it goes from a cool kind of CGI'd fight to a really CGI'd fight, where hundreds of Smiths are pouring into this park. You, you really need to get the Blu-ray for this. This is awesome. Like, there's some spotty CG, but it's still, I feel it still holds up today. I recently watched this scene again. It was not, It was awesome, and it gets to the point where, like, literally the entire block is filled with smiths waiting to like punch Neo and dogpile on top. And so eventually, Neo is just like, "Well, I'm out," and flies away. And it's and they get confused because it's Smith's not showing up as an agent; he's showing up as something completely off. And he does try to overwrite Neo, right? Like he does the whole hand in the chest to him. He does, and. Neo's like, that's really weird, and manages to, like, kick Stop him it. away. Yeah. Yeah, he stops it and pulls the hand out, yeah. Um, so they go to the Merovingian. And the Merovingian has expected them and has set up the entire building that they're in with explosives. Because he's a jerk that way. So this this dude employs, like, several of these ghosts... Ghosts, werewolves, vampires, basically any exile that if a human saw, any program that if a human saw it would have to like come up with some like way to figure out what it is and like say, okay, that's a ghost. I'm not, I'll stay away from ghosts. Yeah. It's, it's a great little, little lore touch. Um, but he also has a wife who, as it turns out, is a jealous person. And he being essentially like Hades, I think, or is, Hades is uh, not not too, uh, what's what's the word, monogamous? And uh, so Persephone, to basically create chaos, takes them to his uh, mansion yeah, and the shows them where to find the keymaker. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the cl- there are so many classic scenes with Persephone, and she's only in for like this little chunk, and she's like, how, like, two guards are there and she's like oh my husband hires these two guards because they're extremely hard to kill i mean how many people have silver bullets in their gun and then immediately kills one with a silver bullet from her gun yeah from the gun and then uh then when the merovingian sees them trying to escape with the uh key maker which you see the key maker and he's just like covered in keys head to toe yeah it's great and and she and he says, "Why are you doing this, Persephone?" And and she's like, "Well, cause and effect, my love." And he's like, "Cause? There is no cause." And she's like, "What about the lipstick? What about lipstick on you?" And he's like, "Lipstick? There is no lipstick." She says, "She didn't kiss your lips, my love." And so so the the Merovingian just basically goes, "Fine, kill them and get him back." And the keymaker just starts running like, I can't do another nickel in the pen. This whole thing with the Merovingian, the Merovingian is all about cause and effect. And he said originally, he, everyone's slaves to it. We are all slaves to it. And even though he's aware of it, he doesn't realize that he is... His, this all happened because of him. He is the cause of his own downfall. So they start... The keymaker runs. Morpheus and Trinity chase him. And so do two twins who are ghosts that phase through the floor yeah they are creepy with their little uh switchblades those Great little dudes all of the merovingians uh henchmen are the stunt coordinators for the film i think and those two <laughs> those two twins are like the main guys nice <sighs> they so they run neo has a pretty interesting fight with a bunch of the other dudes i wish it was a little bit more vampire werewolf heavy but it is a good fight and so eventually, like, the Merovingian just goes like, ugh, fine, and leaves through the front doors back to his to his hotel, and except we meant- that he had been using the Keymaker. Yeah, and, and we mentioned that the keys open up the pathway to another location. Well, when you close that location, it disconnects, and it goes back to being a normal door. <laughs> so Neo breaks down the front door trying to chase after the Merovingian and finds himself 
on the front porch of a chateau in the mountains, miles from the city. As, uh, crap, Mo- Morpheus and Trinity and the Keymaker find a door to leave through, the twins come up behind and manage to, like, sneak in past them and close the door just as Neo is about to run and help them. Yeah, so Neo is now stuck in the mountains, and Morpheus and Trinity and the Keymaker are in an underground parking garage in the middle of the city. <laughs> and it gets, and and they're in the, uh, I forget what they call it, but it's like the core of the city, so there are not that many hard lines that they can get get to. And lots more agents. Lots more. They the their only escape is the highway, and the highway is death. Trinity's even like, you told me I should never go on the highway, and he's like, well, time to see if I was wrong. <laughs> and the highway, like as part of like behind the scenes, the highway they actually made this set in the middle of the de- in like the middle of Australia or California or somewhere, and it's a good chunk of highway length. That they had. And they just keep driving up and down basically the same stretch of road. Yeah, it's... Uh... Head, head cannon. the reason the highway is is so dangerous is that it's just an infinite loop that you get stuck in if, if you don't know how to get out. I like that idea, yeah. Because, like, in, in game design, programmers will basically just keep repeating the same the same stuff in the background so that like it looks like things are moving but it's not and like you're you're staying still but the but the environment around you moves so it looks like you're moving forward but you're really not moving at all yeah and so there's there's an awesome bit of fight scene here between like the twins and morpheus and agents and trinity and the keymaker and Niobe and Ghost. Niobe and Ghost show up, uh, tie in directly from the from one of the games that we'll talk to talk about in a minute. Uh, this whole time, Neo has been flying, <laughs> flying from the chateau into the city. The agents have come in and they've taken over two of the two trucks, and one of the trucks has Morpheus and the Keymaker on it, and they're going head-on collision and trinity's already gotten out like morpheus basically like give me the key maker you go get out so trinity is off safe and the trucks are colliding with each other exploding you can see the trailer part accordion collapsing in like morpheus and the key maker in midair and from out of nowhere <laughs> dun 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 neo catches him and you see the operator in the in the Nebuchadnezzar just go yes yes and and then like after that we get sitting down in chairs talking about the plot <laughs> yeah and it's basically they're trying to outline a heist is what <laughs> uh, they're trying to do between three ship captains a heist in which you have to blow up three power stations <laughs> at the same time yeah and and it is, it's three captains, it's uh, Morpheus and Neo and Trinity, uh, except that Neo has Trinity not to play. Niobe and Ghost. And, and a then, third crew that does not need to be mentioned, I don't think. Yeah, because they blow up and die, whatever, they're gone. And it's because they blow up and die that Trinity has to go in and single-handedly do a whole crew's job, which she does. Yeah, and the and the reason is, is just because the, the machines have started taking down the ships, and they're using... Like, all ships have an EMP to destroy machines, but you can't do it when people are in the Matrix or they'll die. And then, heist. Heist. Heist happens, um, and the whole thing is, like, Niobe and Ghost go and blow up their power plant. The other crew, the other crew slash Trinity, uh, was supposed to go in and take down, like, the control station. And then Neo and Morpheus are sitting in an office building, waiting for the power to go out. (laughs) And when things don't work out, they they uh, link the operator tries to contact them, but they have already gone into the back end of the the hallway and have lost connection to the phone lines and everything, so they can't contact them. And that's why Trinity has to go in to make sure it all goes off without a hitch. The problem is they're going through this hallway. They're going to go find the one door that will let them out, and Smith shows up. And Smith 
immediately tries to take over Morpheus. Like, all of the smiths are crowding this little tiny hallway to stop them. Yeah, they, they kill the keymaker, um, and he gives Neo the, the proper final key. Neo, like, is fighting off all of the smiths, and barely, like, he steps through the door, like, at the last second. And then he comes into a room filled with computer monitors and a mysterious old white man. Colonel Sanders. It's Colonel Sanders. And this is the point where the entire movie just loses its ever-loving mind. Oh, yeah. This is where it goes off the rails. First off, not only is the Matrix, like, not the first Matrix, but Neo isn't the first one. It's like Generation 7, isn't it? Something like that? There, there have been six, there have been five iterations of the Matrix, which makes this the sixth one. Yeah, and the first one was just a straight-up utopia, um, where everyone was happy, and apparently humanity just can't exist in that state, and they all rejected the programming. I, I, I always feel like those ones that failed, the failures, are the are not counted. They're like the rough drafts, because there were, there were five ones previously, so they're really didn't need to be a one when the first one broke down, maybe. Yeah. And so the first one broke down because it was Utopia. The second one was all about the gross, disgusting nature of humanity. Like, everything was evil. It was the machines trying to trying to focus in on just what made people tick, mentally. And then he couldn't figure it out. So he had to get help from the person who was designed to know the Matrix are to know people perfectly. The Oracle. Bum, 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 bum. bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so the idea is that, like, the Matrix is the way it is because everyone is subconsciously given a choice to either accept it or deny it. Because of the nature of the Matrix, people will accept it or deny it, and there's a 1% chance that they'll deny the Matrix. That creates Zion and that creates the red pills. Because they're the people who can't be in the Matrix, who just don't like it. And so basically, the machines have set up this environment where every hundred generations or so, they'll just go in and cull everybody from Zion. Yeah. And 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 you'll get, like, the one, the, the one is there to essentially rebuild everything afterwards. Yeah, he has to make the choice to keep humanity alive in some regard is the choice he's given it's it's either it's either a you shut you say no and we just blow it all up and find other ways to survive or you say yes the matrix will basically reboot you'll get to choose a handful of people they give a specific number that's real weird but. It's. I, I think it's supposed to be the number that is necessary to have a stable population or something, uh, but I'm not sure. Like it's they essentially there are more women than men, so that there can be more children in Zion. Yeah, and they're also going to be pulling people out of the Matrix eventually and things like that. So, so basically, it's you're going to sacrifice. The choice is sacrifice everyone in Zion to save humanity, or sacrifice humanity. To save Trinity. That's what this becomes. And that's that's what that's what they say makes Neo different is because his general love for humanity has been distilled to one person. Yeah, and 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 that becomes a thing because it's it's kind of like if they had known that this would have happened, they they have choice. Like I think that architect says like they couldn't figure this out. They eventually did figure it out. But, like, humanity is so simple to them that they can, like, anticipate everything. So it's like, if they could anticipate that Neo would become what he would become, why did they let it happen in the first place? But then you realize the Oracle is involved. Yeah, and she wants nothing more than to let this happen. Oh, yeah. She straight up says that later on. It's it's great. And so, basically, the the architect is still trying to get him to make this choice and says... Go that way, save Zion, basically reboot everything, start over, keep the pattern going. Go that way, doom Zion, save Trinity. And and behind Neo during this time are all these screens that are basically his thought pattern as he's going through it. And they're like reacting and how he reacts. But there are key points where like the architect will say something and instead of all the screens acting differently, they all act the same. 
and and that is uh, again he's already made this choice he just needs to understand why he made it he uh, he he went into this knowing that he could he he was going to save trinity well as soon as he found out that trinity was in danger that's what his choice became so so the architect shows him that trinity is in danger and basically tells him straight up you can save her which is what he had not been sure of and that's where he kind of leaves it and neo does this like ultra super duper super saiyan speed like creating a cyclone of debris behind him <laughs> and and the architect is just like because you're you deny this we're going to destroy the the zion and you're not going to be there to rebuild it like the other ones were there before the other ones were doing before yeah the threat is that okay fine you do that, we kill humanity. And we've become increasingly good at doing so. Yeah, and so Neo's just like, okay. And then he, Trinity's falling from a building, he picks her up, she has a bullet inside of her. In her heart. <laughs> and he phases through her body and picks out the bullet. And then massages her heart into beating again. Very similar to what Trinity did to Neo in the first movie, though without the massage. Look, they laid it on thick. And so we think we're going to get this happy ending, because they're hugging on the rooftop. But no, then we cut back to the real world, and Squiddies are coming for the neb. And Neo and Trinity and Morpheus realize that the Squiddies are all outside of EMP range. There's no way that they can shut everything down to kill them all. They have to evacuate. They evacuate out of there. A bomb comes coming right in and destroys the Nebuchadnezzar. And Neo at this point has told Morpheus that the one was never meant to stop anything. Yeah, that it was all a lie. And so Morpheus is just like super punched in the gut. And then he gets kicked while he's down with his ship blowing up before him. So they're just on their own. In the sewers, and Neo just stops running and just like looks and goes, I can feel them. Oh, yeah, and and a squiddy comes down and he's like, something is different, puts up his hand and stops the machines cold in the air. And then if he stopped the bullets in the Yeah, main. and then he collapses. They also have the scene where the, uh... Oh, yeah, they get rescued by the other ship, and it's Neo side by side with Bane Smith. <laughs> Bane Smith. And if you if you weren't paying attention, like, don't feel bad. They they only show Bane twice, and it's he's not very memorable. And they show him upside down, so it's really hard to remember who he is. So that's reloaded. That's reloaded. And we were talking about theories before. And this is the one that has the biggest implications for theories. This one, this movie has the most world building, it has the most talking points. Okay, so the big ones. Uh, the big ones are that the Matrix... Be, Neo is the one because the there's an anomaly where 1% of humans don't accept the Matrix, but then they're given the choice to go to Zion. It's implicated that the reason the One exists is because, not because he is like the chosen one, he was created, he wasn't, he's an anomaly within the machine's framework, where 1% of people accept the Matrix, uh, don't accept the Matrix, but then they have to go to Zion, but what is the 1% that don't accept Zion? And that's an implication that the One is that, that not only is the matrix uh, machine simulation but also zion is a machine simulation hence why neo can use superpowers in in outside of the matrix in the real world i don't know if your mind has been blown by that <laughs> a little bit that's weird yeah so he's just the culmination he is the culmination and that's why they they have they can't get rid of him and that's why they disseminate his code to try and figure out how to get rid of him cuz he's going to appear he's going to be that 1% that doesn't accept either the matrix or zion and that's a theory though that's that's the thing about this is that there's so many different theories as to why he has superpowers outside of the matrix that like it gets weird <laughs> yeah and there's also the implication that uh smith 
is also a version of the one that was just never accounted for, that the same math is going on on the machine side now. Yeah, because one of the things about the prophecy is that the one is born with inside the matri- inside the matrix, and Neo, being a human, is technically not born inside the matrix. He's born in these pods outside. But it's there's a bit of a breakdown of it. The there are a lot of YouTube videos by I think the film theor- theorist about it, and that that one is the newest one that came out, which is really cool because it's like. What if the Oracle created Smith in order to bring about peace in the Matrix? Huh. I like that one. Um, I, I, yeah. There, there, there's so many. Go on YouTube. You can find all of them. They're a really good listen. It's a dark hole to crawl down. Um, so what we're going to do real quick is touch on our fourth topic, um, and that is going to be the games. Okay. So... The games that we're going to talk about, there are two main games and one one game that we'll touch on a little bit. Uh, there's Enter the Matrix, which occurred during the original Matrix, uh, during Matrix Reloaded and a little bit before, and it follows Niobe and Ghost as they are other another captain and crew that are uh, trying to stop the machines from attacking Zion. Yeah, like when you see Niobe show up on the freeway in Reloaded, you get to play the level leading up to that moment. And you get to play through them going in and blowing up that power plant. Yeah. And the the gameplay is really good. It's a th- over-the-shoulder shooter with um, kung fu, karate, and all melee fights. Uh, I really enjoyed the game, except for the driving parts when they had it. It was... Yeah. Was this the one that had the hacking, also? <sighs> I don't know. I can't remember. One of them had a really interesting like hacking interface as well that you could do some crazy things with apparently. Um, yeah. but, but this is just a great a great movie tie-in game because that's what it is that just completely gives you a decent game by doing a side story. And they even did they got the original cast of the film for it and they shot scenes specifically for it. So if like if you watch the Matrix trilogy, there are no deleted scenes, but the the video games have a ton of deleted scenes and it's a lot of like the Wachowskis are big gamers and really liked all the stuff and they couldn't get it all in there, so they did it through the games. Yeah, it's really it's some really neat stuff that goes on there. Um, like you actually fight vampires and werewolves in it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh and it has a little bit of Locke and Niobe character development, which is awesome. It is an old game. It's, what, original Xbox? Original Xbox and PS2, I think. Yeah. And so, GameCube. So it's a dated game. It's a little chunky to look at nowadays. Yeah. Though if you want a really good uh, Matrix experience, you can get one of the later games, which was on the Xbox 360. Oh, no, it was, it was PlayStation 2 and... Uh, and Xbox, still. Uh, Path of Neo. Yeah, this one did feel better. Uh, this is the story of Neo. And it's... They they don't pull, like, any... The, the game design really changes up between the different movies, because in the first one, there's a lot of, like, learning how the basics of the game. And they have a stealth section that is just completely superfluous to the rest of the game, because you're not doing stealth for the most part. They put a lot of love into it. I had the original Prima strategy guide for it, and it was... it. They had, like... These are the deleted scenes that we couldn't get into the video game in the back of the book. There was, like, a uh, super jump minigame for teaching you the basics of jump, the jump mechanics. It was awesome. And this one... I, I played this one, and I loved... I enjoyed this one a lot. Like, it had some really fun stuff that you could do as Neo. Oh, yeah. And 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 it had... Uh, there, there are talks about, like... Neo rescuing red pills and stuff like that, and you can actually do that. You actually get to see what happened. Yeah, it's it fills in some gaps nicely between Matrix and Matrix Two. Definitely, and and then it has the the fourth wall break moment at the end, which I I feel like we we might not want to have to spoil it for people. Like you you could yeah, still play. play this game. Yeah, yeah, it's, if, it's if, worth it. If not, just go watch it. It's it's really good. And uh, then the third game. The third game, I played it when it originally came out. It was The Matrix Online. It was uh, 
it came out after the third movie and it was an extension of the lore and it was about everything that happens after revolution which we're going to touch on revolution but eh. <laughs> yeah, it's we, go ahead the the plot basically is is that it's written by paul chadwick who the wachowskis greenlit it to do it's essentially red pills are coming out more and more and and the machines are allowing zion to do it and morpheus is trying to take down the matrix completely he ends up getting assassinated it 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 had it was really good for the time you can't find much about it there's some cut scenes on on youtube if you're lucky there is a emulator engine but during that game they it was a it was actually a role-playing game there was the combat wasn't really that good but the developers like they would go into the game as the movie characters and actually talk to you as them and so so we we playing that game and you, you get a call from persephone to go and meet in like in the international district and have tea was actually a really common thing and really fun nice so the whole thing was just designed to kind of it was an attempt at making the matrix immersive it it succeeded but it only succeeded for a small number of people it it only got like a, a like very few thousand people playing it and they were going up against world of warcraft at that time yeah and you're not gonna win against that no so that's that's kind of the video game stuff um we're going to then dive in to wrap this all up by looking at uh, Matrix Revolutions. Uh, so we were saying before, uh, Matrix is a sci-fi movie thriller. This Reloaded is the superhero movie. This one is the war movie. It's also just, it's also kind of Passion of the Christ, too. Yeah. It's, I, it's, it's, where do you start? You start with Neo... They find out Neo is inside the Matrix, even though he's not plugged in. Yeah, and he's got to deal with this program who's at a train station and might take him back across. And he meets another program who was in the movie, previous movie, for one second, and you only got to see him for that second and not talk to him at all. Because cause remember, this was made side by side with Reloaded. Oh, yeah. And they it shows a lot. Like, they're... The, the the Wachowskis managed to they wanted to do this as one film, but they couldn't get the green light from the executive producers to do it as one film. They had to do it as a trilogy. So let's um, basically Neo does have to Neo has to be patient, and Morpheus and Trinity have to basically threaten the Merovingian to get him out. Because um, the train make. Tra- train man has him and is a agent of the merovingian yeah um but we are going to speed through this one so yes neo gets out neo, neo wakes up neo gets out the machines are in zion zion is effed <laughs> yeah it's uh there is there's some pretty cool scenes where it's a whole bunch of mech warriors fighting down robo squids and, and there are a couple of cool action women who are using bazookas to take out guys yeah, it's really cool. And eventually, um, Niobe's ship picks up. They meet up with Niobe's ship. The two ships that they have manage to fly through the tunnels and detonate their EMPs, killing the first wave of squids in the hangar. And at this point, the commander's like, you just gave Zion on a silver platter because uh, not only are the machines dead, but our machines are dead too. So we can't defend ourselves. And then in this moment of panic, uh, Neo perks up and goes, oh, and by the way, I need a ship. Bye. And he goes with Trinity and someone else who's stowing away to the Machine City. Uh, spoilers, he goes with Bainsmith. Bainsmith. Bainsmith uh, manages to take out to take out Neo's eyesight and almost kill Trinity. Yeah, he like melts Neo's eyes. It's real weird. Uh, he he uses like a uh, the a blaster thing that they have, I think. Yeah, and and basically like Neo starts stumbling around the darkness, and Bane Smith is uh, making fun of him, calling him like a blind messiah and all that. Which anyone on Earth who has ever read the Dune series knows means that you're screwed now. 
because it's literally lifted from Dune Messiah. Oh yeah, full hog. And so Neo basically turns around and goes like, "Hey, idiot! I can see you." And he and can see, see the like, myth. And it's like a version of his Matrix vision, except it's all orange. And it's only Smith that he can see, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it, later on he gets to see the Matrix again in the real world with his weird superhero Jesus sight. And he kills Bane Smith, and they keep flying towards the Machine City. And they crash, and Trinity gets impaled, much like Wash from Firefly. Why you gotta do that to me, man? That still hurts. <laughs> Why you gotta be like that? Because the one of the one of the earlier ones podcast was the Firefly one, and I cried during it. <laughs> he was a leaf on the wind, Corbin. <laughs> he was. So yeah, yeah. Trinity does die poorly, and basically uses her last words to send Neo on his way. And Neo goes to the Matrix, so, uh, goes to well, the Machine City. And, and negotiates with a giant baby face. Literally named Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, that's too much. And I, I think at this point, they, the writers, they got... <laughs> they they were fed up. They gave up and started writing a Dragon Ball Z episode, is what <laughs> happens from here on in. Because we haven't said it, but Smith has taken over every person in the Matrix, including the Oracle. Which we did kind of get to see that happen. And Oracle Smith is the first one that, like, takes off his sunglasses. For now he can see. Yeah, he's distinctly different, which is legitimately a creepy moment. Like, the stuff that's happening in the Matrix is neat. And even kind of the undertones of what's happening with Neo is interesting. Zion, who cares? They're going to, whatever, they're being attacked. Who, who cares? No one does. Um... So Neil basically goes to Deus and says, here's the deal. You guys, for whatever reason, can't kill Smith. I can kill Smith. And so Babyface goes, well, what do you want? And Neo just goes, peace. And then Jesus poses as wires connect to him. And I guess the reason they can't kill Smith is just because he's hooked up to everyone else. So they have to kill people in order to stop him. It would it would damage themselves to remove him. Like, he's just gotten that far out of hand. And there's a bit of, like, Antichrist, Christ stuff going on here, where it's like, antimatter, matter. Neo is the yin to to the yang. Because he came from Neo, only Neo can stop him. Because he's part of the one thing that the machines could never anticipate or control, they can't deal with him. So, Neo goes in. And the Matrix is vastly different. It's all Smith. It's nighttime. It's heavy rain that they designed to look like the falling lines of code. And Neo's just walking down the road, and the Oracle Smith steps out to fight him. Yeah. And he's just like, well, I'm going to beat you, so no one else has to fight. Which, okay, I see that. But you have 500,000 of yourselves or what however many it's 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 he said something very important in there he says like i've seen this happen like i've seen this moment i have to be the one that fights you and so you start getting this hint that the oracle is just like i'm gonna screw this dude over well he he does have the oracle's power but he can't see past his own choices because he needs to figure out why he made the choice and that's the big thing with Smith is Smith is incapable of knowing the why. <laughs> he he is just about his own base desires, which is weird because he hates humanity because of their base desires. It's it's a great little reflection because Neo is now so far above it that all he has is why. Like that's all he knows now is his why. Oh, exactly. He doesn't care that this is going to happen. He knows why he's doing everything. Yeah, and Neo goes into this like, okay, I am I am going to win. That is the choice I'm making. I'm making it for not just Trinity anymore. I'm making it because of Trinity's sacrifice for everyone else. And that's what leads to the Dragon Ball Z fight all through the air. It looks real cool. I'm not going to deny that. It does. It looks awesome. It is. And then eventually Smith, like, just punches Neo to the ground, stands over him, 
and then the Oracle freaking cheats. <laughs> yes. And oh, now we, we've had literal Deus Ex Machina in the form of a giant robot baby face. And now we have Deus Ex Machina again because the Oracle basically tells Neo what he needs to hear for him to figure out what he needs to do. And he lets Smith touch him. Not in that way. Crap. No, but it may as well be. Like, he basically just surrenders and says, you're right, Smith. This was never going to end anyway, but like this. And he gets taken over. Oracle Smith is kind of freaking out and looks at Neo Smith. And he goes, is it over? And Neo Smith just nods. And then Babyface starts electrocuting Neo to purge him of Smith. At, at this point, you don't know what's going on. I think it's supposed to be that Neo's back at the source, so they're disseminating his code. And so Smith's code, since it's now mixed with Neo's, is also getting disseminated. And overwritten. And yeah, and it's... It, it's very, like, no explanation, which is a signature of the Wachowskis. <laughs> Yeah, I, basically, th- what you see is you see, you see the machines in the real world kind of zap Neo's body, and then you see Smith Neo Neo Smith in the Matrix like twitch, and then glow, and then explode, <laughs> and all of the Smiths start to do the same, and then the Matrix resets, and the. The, there's this whole the machines leave Zion. Dio did it, and and then we cut back to the Matrix, where the Oracle is talking with the architect about it all, <laughs> and the architect's just like, "You played a dangerous game," and she's just like, "Well, yeah, that's what you hired me for, idiot." We we now have peace. We now like the machines and humanity can coexist. That's what I was here for. <laughs> And they're, they're sitting on a bench that says, if you get the close-up shot of it, it says, in memory of Thomas A. Anderson. Neo. <laughs> Which is Neo. It's so it's such a good little touch, but it's also like, really, that's all he gets? It's a bench? Oh, wait, no. He also gets his body being carried Jesus-style on a, on a plinth to somewhere in the real world. And, and there's this whole weird sun, sunset thing. By by the girl that from the train man from earlier, yeah. We had seen this girl a few times. It's all full circle. It is a really good sh- series, a franchise, and they might be bringing it back, which is awesome. Yeah, potentially as a prequel, which it sounds like they might be focusing on Morpheus's story, which could I, be real cool. I, I, I didn't see that. I saw that they, were, they didn't want to do a reboot, and they didn't want to do a sequel. So I guess... Yeah. I think they've they've the last thing I saw was that there were some hints that they were going to be casting a young Morpheus. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. My 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 only problem like more, Matrix is a really good world, and I would love to play like a tabletop role playing game or even a another game set in the universe, but not the same characters. But my only problem is is I don't know what red pills like the crews would do without the one because the whole entire purpose seems to be to find the one. Yeah, and I, I guess like probably the best option would be just kind of reboot it a little bit and go back to a previous iteration. Yeah, where maybe you can find the one and the one is a kid. I don't know. You or, do stuff. or maybe like, oh, you go in and you like tell as many people as you want that the matrix isn't real and see how many like you can get out of there, or maybe like something else. I don't know. Yeah. But- it, it- there's there's possibilities. It would be a weird one to do, but you could do something with it. Yeah, I, I've tried, and I found the perfect system. Spycraft. They they have a wire foo option. Nice. I would also go with maybe feng shui. Oh yeah, need to, need to check that one out. Well, that's a uh, that's that's our two parter on the Matrix. Corbin, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. I, I'm sorry really we, we got long on that. <laughs> you know, I keep hearing that, and eventually I'm just going to be like, whatever. There's no time limits anymore. Uh, I'm still going to... No, that's not true. None of you future guests get to claim I said that, ever. Um, <laughs> Corbin, where can people find you on the internet? Okay, so people can find me on Twitter at don't eat raw haggis 1g and i if if you guys check out my 
my avatar. It's actually the avatar from when I was in on Matrix Online. It is my character from Matrix Online. Very cool. You can find us on the internet at fifthdraw.com, follow us on Twitter at fifthdraw, or email us at social at fifthdraw.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Hoodley. If you enjoyed this episode, why not give us a rating and a review, or maybe tell a friend. Getting the word out helps us immensely. Our music is Arcade Montage by Lee Roosevelt and can be found at the Free Music Archive. That's all for this week. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode. And hey, thanks for listening. (laughs) 